Every person has a story, but not everyone has a place to tell it. I'm Frank Swoboda. I've interviewed amazing people all over the planet. I want you to meet them. This week, the most interesting person you've never heard of is... I'm Mike Schrock, and I'm the most interesting person you've never heard of. But you should see me when I'm hot pink. Um. Welcome to the most interesting person you've never heard of. You are one of the most interesting people I've never heard of. <laughs> but I've heard of you. But a lot of people have not heard of you. So, you now... So, if I was going to describe what you do, what, what is it? Great question. Um, and I answer the question differently today than prior to the pandemic. And the reason being is prior to the pandemic, I would have said, I am a leadership and sales speaker and trainer. Because you were. And I was. And I, and I still am. But, you know, I had built, uh, I've written a couple books on leadership and sales. And I built this business around me speaking and training, which I really love to do. And I'd like to say I'm kind of good at it. But... I loved it and I built up this beautiful, you know, uh, calendar of events all over the world. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, and I kept seeing everything cancel, cancel, cancel until there was nothing left right. on the So book. you were, you were, that's how you made your living that's how I was made my living. speaking and then everything's canceled. Yeah. Not unlike a music, <sighs> yeah. right? A performing artist. Yeah. So many. <sighs> and I, and I, I really, for a couple days, I just, it's like, I always joke. Put but your head under the yeah, covers. I, I curled in the fetal position and like stuck my thumb in my mouth and just cried. And then I remember thinking, and, and I say that jokingly, but I kind of actually did. And one day I remember I just, I was like, what am I going to do? What, how, how am I going to restart this? Mm -hmm. You know, do I just put this on pause until the world starts turning? Mm -hmm. And instead I said, okay, before the pandemic, you knew that you should not have your business be a one trick pony. It can't just all be about you because what if you don't want to travel somewhere? But, it's, probably, you know, it's probably the thing you teach. Exactly. It's what I teach. Don't just be a one-trick pony. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, here I am, a one-trick pony. But I, I really then said, okay, well, what am I going to do? And, and rebuilt my business and actually started a second business during that time. So now that here we are a couple years later, the speaking and training are coming back. Sure. And I'm thankful because I love it. But what I've found now is that I don't have the same need to have those the same way because I have other avenues in my business. Yeah, I've diversified. But now I'm more picky. You know, if I don't feel good about, you know, if I'm like, well, I'm not sure if that's the, you know, the right group for me at this time, or maybe I don't want to travel that far. I'm not compelled to say I must do it. So today, my business, we do a lot of services for other small businesses. So, uh, you know, I have my podcast, we manage for other people's podcasts right now. We'll come back and talk about that for sure. Yeah, so we've got things that we do for that. We do, uh, my team does social media marketing. Uh, we do customer uh, service reviews for uh, a very large restaurant chain where we manage all of their pop menu, bite squad, Uber Eats, open table, and DoorDash reviews. Wow. And we answer That's them cool. individually and we- Personally. You know, personally and we you know let the that restaurant know when there's problems and so we're working directly with all their where's that locations. restaurant philly uh no there uh i i won't give the name of the chain yeah just okay. like, i don't think it's, oh, it's a chain yeah so huh? well, yeah it's a, they have 33 stores oh, wow. okay. mostly in the west wow. and okay. so it's it's really fun to now have different elements of the business um because now there's different ways that i prove my leadership in sales and my concepts by working with teams as they help other businesses like me, because so many businesses that are like me, a lot of other speakers and trainers or business coaches just folded during the pandemic and, you know, needed to really be able to grow. And now I can help them do that 
and do it in a way that they can do affordably, but also to see, you know, there's maybe some other avenues of my life and career that are still yet to be that I never would have thought of had we not been forced to stop doing what we were doing. The big giant reset. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. If you let it be okay. If you let it. Yeah. And it really had to be a choice. I mean, so once I finally realized, okay, you know, curled up in the fetal position, crying and sucking my thumb is only going to get me so far and it's not going to get me back on track. Well, you know what the secret to life is? Don't mind what happens. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That'll hit you at three in the morning. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Whoa. Deep thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So I, I first met you. In long high ago, school. long ago. <laughs> in high school, we sang together. Yes, we did. We were excellent. Of course. Just ask us how do good you, we were. And do you realize that you're, <laughs> you, when um, when I was a freshman, I was, and we did. Um, so you, yeah, you were a freshman, and I was like a junior. Junior, yeah. And years. we did. We uh, what was the name of the spring musical? I know I look much younger. I know we both do. Uh, the spring musical that oh, we did. Um, Little Abner. No. Oh, it was the weird one, and it was about the sun. Don Greeby was like the, he was the lead guy. Um, Joel Bonvillet was, he was like the character that was like the devil kind of thing. Anyway, but I I know exactly. Celebration? Was it? No, was it? It might have been Celebration. It might have been Celebration. The great Jack Delahanty. I was the only freshman that was in that You always held yourself way older. (laughs) I was like, she's a freshman? You did. You you, you faked it. Really, you're still doing it. I, I'm still faking it. That's true. <laughs> no, but you you hold yourself with you know this sort of dignified, you know, way about you. It's true. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty, but you, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was. I didn't. I thought you were like a year younger. Yeah. Which is a a lot when you're in, in, high, in school. high school. Definitely. If you're a junior and you think you're a sophomore. That's like. Five years older. Yes. And I can't believe I just came up with the name Don Greeby. Don Greeby? I, don't, I mean... Wow, Don. Good, if you're out there. And you know I had a huge crush on him. Oh, I did not know We this. actually Did dated. Don know this? Yes, we oh. dated. We went to like oh, one... Okay. We went to one dance together and wow. then something happened. But uh, wow. for some reason, I was totally enamored with him. But wow. then, you know, three weeks later, I was totally enamored with somebody, somebody else. else. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Well, you know, I was enamored of you. <laughs> Uh, as well bless your heart <laughs> but you're way famouser than whatever me. <laughs> you're so making that crap up wow and so then when you left prep i didn't i just i didn't see you like no. i lost track where'd you go what happened after that i went to seattle u okay and right. uh and i got accepted how was that for you you know i loved it it's not where i wanted to go um i wanted to go to pacific lutheran yeah PLU. I, I, yeah that's, that's where right. i really wanted that's to go great school. they're both great schools i I think I applied to six colleges. Mm-hmm. I got into all of them, but I didn't get any scholarships at PLU. Mm-hmm. And I got like a full ride for the two, first two years oh, at Seattle U. That's a no-brainer. But I was so obnoxious that I was mad at my parents. <clears throat> they just wouldn't pay for me to go to PLU. Oh, you God. Know, now, like, if you knew, only knew then what you know now. I know, because the moment I got into Seattle U and I settled into it, I loved, loved it. it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it was great. It's perfect for you. It was great. And they had search there. Oh, so I got to really? participate in search in college a couple times. So those things were search really Search is a wonderful. retreat. A really cool group oh. retreat program that that most of the Jesuit schools do. Yeah. Well, high school and college are all around yeah. the country, and it's transformative. I mean, oh. my kids just did it. Yeah. Because oh. they, they went to prep. Yeah. You know, and I did it. My older brothers and sisters did it. Yeah. And it's been going on for, what, 40 years, something yeah. like that. And just and it's really, beautiful. 
Yeah, and they that was huge for both my kids and that whole experience coming out of there. It's like, yeah. no matter what, going through that program, and now they have another one called Magis, which is a oh. senior retreat only oh. that my son thought was better than Surge. So he he and, oh, and it, it did, does have a huge impact on just who you are as a person and how Absolutely. you believe in yourself and yeah, and being vulnerable mm-hmm. with people that you might not yes otherwise Especially be in high vulnerable. Yeah, and I think it breaks up a lot of. Barriers. It's what's makes. I think yeah. it's the secret of what makes that community still what thirty plus years later, worse or more. We don't still, need to discuss those to numbers. numbers <laughs> but you know, the reunions still draw like yeah. crazy. I mean, we're gonna have another one this August that I I'm know. gonna host here. I think I'm <laughs> foolish enough to. But I think I would think they're tamer now. But yeah. I don't know. Every I don't th- know. every five ten years, I think that, and then I find shit the next week that's yeah. like you know what. You know, oh, Joey yeah. Mark put that up at the top of the, you know, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or John Nielsen didn't leave till four thirty in the morning. Oh my God. I love it. And I had to caddy for my nephew at <laughs> oh, Indian no. Canyon two hours later. Oh, yeah. No. Stuff like that. Yeah. That I don't think has probably died down from. Well, and period. I have a bit, we're from the big eighties, man. We know how to party. <sighs> so I went to 10 and I went to 20. I organized our 20. But I haven't gone to the last couple. So oh, this will... well, so this year they're doing three. Yeah, so I know, because of everybody be, missing. You, you got to come to this one. Well, and I think that's party. really wonderful because that's extra fun to be able to see other people in those it other classes. It kind of is, because you do connect yeah. with other classes Absolutely. that were there. I mean, I did. We I had friends from both, you yeah. know, kind of the whole gamut of it. If, yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. That was that was a fun experience. So you went to tell you, and then where'd mm-hmm. you go after that? Um, I, actually, I don't know this, honestly. Yeah, well, I actually then uh, came back. I didn't graduate from Seattle U. I graduated from EWU. Okay, and that's right. And now I understand, and this is just kind of a, a it's not necessarily a, an aside, but it's something that I didn't really talk about openly um, for a long time in my life. But I, I, looking back now, I know that my senior year of high school, I suffered from depression. <laughs> and I had another <laughs> major depressive episode Senior in year of high school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so all of a sudden life in my uh, junior year of college became completely overwhelming to me. I could not, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't get up to go to class. I started falling, things that That have never happened. That so does not seem like you. I know. And you know, what I know now is I no longer say I suffer from depression. I learned how to live with depression. Hmm. And so I manage it. I've, I've learned how to manage depression in a, in a completely different way. I do it because of how I eat, how I sleep mm-hmm. and how I, um, uh, exercise and now meditation and those things. Now I understand it, but at that time I didn't. So I, I just kind of lost it and I came back, um, and then eventually got married and, you know, kind of, you know, then you start a career and next thing you know it, you're going, wow, those pieces of my life were really important. And I didn't always stop to appreciate, even when they got really tough, what that meant for me. It's, you know, as we get older, we reflect a little mm-hmm. differently, but yep. it was a tough time. Wow. I didn't, I didn't. And now, you know, it's much more, back then you didn't talk about that. No, not at all. And, you know, thinking about it, you know, I graduated high school in 1987. I'm not ashamed of that number. Nobody's doing the math. But that's probably. the year, that's the year that Prozac went out on the market. And that was the first time as a community, as a world, we started talking about depression. But it was too early for me because really I had that first uh, depressive episode my senior year. So it was even prior to that. And now I'm thinking about how thankful I am that today 
we talk about feelings and we talk about emotions and especially from, since the pandemic, we talk about how people are doing and we check in with people mm -hmm. differently True. because in my day, you know, that what you just did not discuss that, right. you know, just put a smile on, just be happy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the younger the generation now, the more they're aware of it and talk about it. And Absolutely. I think it's really healthy. Oh yeah. You know, I think about like the Powerade <clears throat> um, new commercials. It's like take a power break. Mm -hmm. And so you've got Simone right. Biles and you've got some of these yes. other high profile people who've said, my mental health is yes, my priority. I know. And they're making stands about it. Oh, and it's so, it's just, it makes my heart so happy. Yeah, I'm sure I have <laughs> probably suffered from that and don't kind of realize it even, or have just, like you said, you just fight through or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. you know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, everybody has tough times, right? That they Absolutely. have to overcome or deal with. And it's the stuff that you overcome that I think that probably makes you better. So you've written books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a very successful podcast. Thank you. You help. Yes, I would. first podcast I was ever on was that. You've inspired this. And we actually are almost... You did inspire this. We, we are almost about to release our 500th episode. Are you kidding? What? Yeah. So the last Like two... you're number 11 for me. How <laughs> 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 wow, am I not out of the gate? The last two uh, years we've been... 13, I don't know. We've been so, doing five so episodes a week for the last two years. We're dialing down now. We're going to do three a week. We've been doing three a week for the last couple of months. That must kill you. Um, yeah, I've had to Just learn my how to episode my alone was two parts, <laughs> which now I'm like, whoa, did I talk too much or what? Yeah. Cause I, having done, I think this, I think you're 13 or 14 here. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, so, I, mean, I don't know what, when this will And I'm drop. glad I inspired you to that. You no, know, you did. You know, I'm like, huh? Actually my son, Nick, you met Nick. Mm -hmm. he, he's like, you should do this, you know, yeah. cause this is what I do every day. Yeah. Like I, I literally today interviewed four people yeah. <laughs> and then I'm doing this, you know, and I'm like, aha, this is a lot, but she's leaving to go back to Philly. I got to talk to her. Well, and the thing I, for a while, when we were doing five episodes a week, I would actually tape those in one week out of the month. And so mm. I would do, and I was exhausted. You're like Pat's, Pat Sajak. Yeah. You're like the, you, you figured out, you just want to be a game show host. Yeah, like exactly. I, I kind of would. I wouldn't I mind. I'm not going to were you voted most likely in high school? To be? Uh, none, nothing, what? nothing. Oh, but I'll tell you a funny story. That's, you know, that's a lie. I was, I was nothing. However, um, remember at the end, remember in Inquire at the last concert of every year, there was always some awards yeah. that were given, yeah, yeah, like for yeah, yeah, most, mo you know, yeah, yeah. most inspiring yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I really thought I was going to win one of those. I would think you would. And I was like, look, John I, Locke, come I, on. I do everything. You do do and everything. As they kept, you did everything. As they kept giving the awards to everybody else, I was standing there smiling, but inside I was like, I'm not going to go. I didn't need to be in the yearbook for Miss Anything, but I, it was Wanted so important. Wanted to be recognized important. for that choir. And so I'm smiling and I'm like, whatever, and we're all done because all those awards were oh, done. Shit. And John, John Locke says, um, we actually have one more award. And he says, I'd like to have Jack Delahanty come up. And so Jack walks out and he said, you know, we actually decided to create a new award and it's never been given before, but we wanted to recognize someone for their outstanding contributions to choir and drama. I'm going to get all choked up. <laughs> and they created, I am going to, and they created my own little plaque. They never gave it to anybody else. And I still have it in my, my box of stuff. I'm getting you choked up. I'm choked up. <laughs> That's awesome. And they both, you know, those two men were so pivotal Big. in my life. Every lot, everybody's life. Eh, so pivotal. And I miss John Locke so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful that we still have Jack. Um, yeah. No but they, they gave me, 
you know, they gave me the confidence to do the things that I did. They gave me, a, you know, a, a whole new way to look at myself. That was a transformative moment. Oh, it was so powerful. It's, uh, you wouldn't probably be doing what you're doing now without that moment. Yeah, I, I, I know that it maybe, gave me. Maybe, but not. Yeah, maybe so, but I probably wouldn't have still felt the fire to know that I'm recognized even when maybe I didn't know I was recognized. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that award. You were really awesome. I mean, oh, you were, yeah. The whole time, like, oh, you're you know, a freshman playing in the... That's a big deal. And there's some talented people in that joint. Yeah. I mean, it was... That is, that is so... I didn't know that. I still have it. In fact, about six months ago, I was going through some things in my house, you know, and I have this one little box that still has my most <laughs> precious memories. And I have, like, my... Uh, you know, jazz connection, you know, sweatshirt, you know, I had all this stuff and in there is that little plaque. And I just pulled it out again and just like held it for a moment. That's so great. Totally. That's just, that's such a great, it was cool. Yeah. What a gift those two guys gave. And then John walk, you know, died really young. Oh, really young cancer. And I think it was a really tough ride and it was tough. And I remember his funeral was just, Jack had to give a eulogy and those two were so close. I know it was crazy. I remember that one of the best parts of, uh, when I was a senior, I was the ASP president, and we had this. Um, do you remember the the PepCon? We do we did these PepCons, and I was, I was. Uh, <laughs> you were so good. <laughs> I was Jim Lang, the host of the dating. Oh game. my god, I remember that. And so I think I, maybe I've already told this on one of these podcasts. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I say on these things. I'm like, oh, the guy says the same story every week. But but um, I was. We were like, how are we going to do this? So we had a freshman girl. I'm, I don't care if I repeat it because it's still pretty great. <laughs> uh, we had a freshman girl and three senior guys. Oh, yeah. So it was like, like Tim Sanger and Dave oh, Hawkins yeah. or something, yeah. you know, and I don't know who the other guy was, but it was three seniors. So she comes out and it's like, hey, it's the dating game. And you, freshman girl, who was just adorable. She was really sassy oh. and really funny and we cast it great. And she was just really smart. But she really, you know, she's like, if you went, whatever one of these guys you choose will go to the night flight dance with you. Oh, God. So that was How that's, wonderful. That's a lot at stake already. Yeah, right? no kidding. And so there's a curtain between, you know, and the crowd, of course, can see the whole deal. And so the curtain goes up and it's like, okay, bachelor number one. And then the, the senior guys leave and three teachers come in. <laughs> so yes. it was Jack Delahanty yep. who was dressed in 1970. We were all dressed like 1970s. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I did this last <laughs> week. The dating game. So, um, yeah, we're all dressed in this thing. And Jack is like all discoed out. Oh my like God, he is yes. full on drama teacher. I wish we had pictures of that still. There've got to be somewhere oh, man, because I somewhere. remember I that. think it's probably in the gearbook. Oh, I think probably. It, probably, it just, it was, he was all, it was all gold. Like the whole thing was a gold suit. And, and John walks just wearing what he normally wore. And, and the third, the third uh, teacher, you know, Dacher number three, was Tom's Winnell. So, oh. so those who don't know. I was thinking it was Bob Nedved, but no, no it was, was Tom's Winnell. who was oh my God. a large dude. A large man. Okay, large man, science teacher, very stoic. Not, very you know, stoic. kind of dry humor, <laughs> but whatever. And the fact that he did it was like oh my God. amazing. So I'm like, okay, you know, he, she would ask questions like, Pastor number one, if I was... <laughs> Tarzan and you were Jane, you know, whatever. They would come up with all these questions. And so they get down to it. And finally, it's like, she's got to decide. What are you going to do with bachelor number one? So one of the questions along the way is, she goes, bachelor number three, who is Zwinnell, the big guy. She's like, bachelor number three, what? <laughs> that's the only one I remember. <laughs> and, the te- and I had the teachers write their own questions. They wrote the questions, which was awesome. That's really and more good. risque than I would have pulled off. <laughs> You know, private school. And uh, so, bachelor number three, uh, use one word to describe yourself. And this guy's, you know, he's a big dude. And he just leans in and goes, petite. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the crowd goes, <sighs> this is like this huge, I'm like, whoa, we got something here, man. And so we get it done. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, who are you going to pick? And she's like, and the crowd's going crazy. Pick number two, pick number two. Because Della Hattie's all like dressed up. And she's like, I'm picking bachelor number two. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, well, you could have picked bachelor number one. And then the teacher leaves and, the football player comes out, you know, <laughs> the handsome football player comes exactly. out and gives her a hug or number three. And you know, Dave Hawkins comes out <laughs> and, uh, and, and she's like, Oh, I could have had those two guys. I can't wait to see who number oh, two yeah. is. And then, instead you're going to the night flight with Mr. Delahanty. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she is just like oh, shocked in the crowd. I'll never forget when he comes around the corner and goes, Hey, you know what? I would have oh, loved that. I would have totally gone to the night flight with him. Well, <laughs> Two, a week later, he comes. In, I'm in. I have his class, and he's like, "Hey, come here." I go, "What?" He goes, "So I'm in the hallway, and that girl, that, the freshman girl that did the oh, the no. pepcon." I go, "Hey, I'll pick you up at eight, and we'll get a burger." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." She thinks I'm really going to the <laughs> dance with her. You gotta get me out of this. I go, and I just go, "No, nope, you're on <laughs> you your own, buddy. On your own. Oh my god, you fool. Oh, that's so, so that funny. Was, uh, the best moment of that. That was like for me the first." project I ever produced I was gonna say my, that, you that were was my pivotal moment then. I was like I could do this yeah and we had an hour we did all this stuff that you know other things too that were really kind of timed out and it's one of those moments where in this business and life really if you just let it yeah it will all time out perfectly Einstein time you know like you'll be right on time for what you're supposed to be and I just it was so much fun we were so in the moment of that whole thing it ended exactly at one minute, one hour oh, yeah. for whatever reason, like, like I'd planned it, but <laughs> you know, we had a sense, but no way you write anything. So two weeks later, I get a letter a week later. I get a, I get a handwritten letter from sister boss. Oh man. She was her name. Yes. Literally. Okay. Literally. And, and I don't think it's unfair to say that sister boss, for those who know her would resemble Marge Simpson's sisters. Oh God, yes. Oh, I mean, God. she had the fro and, oh, and the her whole voice thing, and her voice. You know, oh yeah, ah, come over here. Oh. And and I, I was scared of her, she and I did not terrifying. have a class with her, so I just you just avoid Sister Boss. So I, I had her, her for no. geometry. Did you? Okay, so scary. The only person who ever in, gave me jug. That's an intimidate. Well, you probably deserve it. But <laughs> but she, I get this letter. I'm like, oh shit, I am so in trouble. What did I do? It's you know it's, it's like this is about the pep gun. I'm like oh god I offended her I said something I shouldn't have said and we called the whole thing Good Attitude Day. You have to have a good attitude to dress like this was sort of the whole theme which was you know it was all kind of tongue in cheek but it was funny. And she writes this handwritten letter says this is the I've been here 25 years best pep con I've ever been a part of. Aww. It was on time it was appropriate it wasn't it was fun it was silly but it never went across the line it kept it classy. Congratulations. And I was wow. just like, what? I don't even, I've, I don't think wow. I ever talked to her in the four years and that, that I was And then there. you're like, because she had this aura of just my avoid. name. Yeah, she did. <laughs> right. I mean, and I just, that, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I kept that letter. I mean, it's, it's, oh, that, that to me meant more than anybody else because I didn't yeah. even know her, but she's watched a lot of them. Oh, gosh. And, yes. and it was like, okay, cool. And I, that was really the thing. I'm like, I can do this, whatever this is entertaining people, putting on something, telling a story, having yeah. it be, you know, ridiculous sometimes or what, or moving. But, but that really was like, I, this is easy for me. You know, wow. it's not like, it's not tough. I don't know. And I've sort of done that. <laughs> it's just kind of, no that place kind of finds that for you. You know, yeah. I think it, I think it kind of pulls that out of you. So how did you, so you went on for, to kind of corporate life? Yeah, I did. 
Well, I started out actually as a teacher. I got my oh. degree in education. I taught for you one year. You went to Eastern, the best school in the world for teachers. Exactly. I only taught for one year, though. I taught at St. Thomas More. Oh, wow. And okay. they hired me. Um, so the year that I graduated, all of a sudden, there were drops in enrollment. Mm. So there weren't enough teaching mm -hmm. positions. So I finally, at the last minute, got hired at St. Thomas More because their seventh grade teacher, uh, who also taught English Lit, um, his, he and his wife were expecting triplets or something. So they go, they go, well, we need Random. somebody, we needed somebody to teach a seventh grade English lit. And that was my major. And then we need somebody to teach computer classes for the others. They're like, can you do that? I like, yes, yes. What's a computer? What's a computer? <laughs> what we're from the eighties. We're not from the nineties. <laughs> well, luckily they were Apple IIe's and all you had to do is put in the floppy disk and it would run a program, oh, easy. you know, so yeah. it worked out well. But at the end of that year, he, the teacher was back. They didn't need me and there were no teaching positions. Right. The teachers I remember were that. being sort of laid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually, um, I, I, I didn't know what to do that whole summer. It was very stressful, but at the very end, like September, which I, now I wish I would have just enjoyed the summer, you know, <laughs> just enjoy the summer. But well, I, um, to life there. I ended up getting three job offers all in the same day. And the one I took was with a uh, consumer credit counseling service. So mm -hmm. it was a nonprofit yep. and mm -hmm. I, um, was their director of education. Oh, wow. And then, uh, after a few years there, I ran their marketing. So I was the head of marketing, uh, education wow. and public relations. And that I managed was a good brand. You it was did a great. good job with that. I remember that for yeah, sure. We did, we did really well. And it was that I helped grow I that I did group. some work for them at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, Andrew Talley did yeah, a lot of our yeah, commercials. Yeah, Andrew, I knew yeah, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Cause we had Vince DeFelice show up one yeah, well, day. Well, he was, he yeah. worked with me. So and, we, we, yes. Vince oh God, I have some funny Vince DeFelice story. <laughs> oh, I told him too. And he's yeah, like, he's, Oh my God. He will no. be on soon. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. <laughs> he's amazing. He's so, he's great. I was, he is oh, amazing. I just, I, Vincenzo. so fun. I've known Vince since oh, I was six. Forever. <laughs> or seven, I guess. But yeah. he, uh, so yeah. And I really, the thing that I loved most about working there is that, um, all of a sudden I was doing media stuff. So mm -hmm. I was constantly being called by, you know, television, radio, oh, newspaper, right, right, everywhere. Right, right. So I got really comfortable being on air. Mm -hmm. Um, I swear CBS or, you know, Krem would only call me because they'd know, you know, I'd show up at 5 a.m. to do the 5 a.m. broadcast. You're the only one who would show up. Yeah, yeah. they're like, call Michael, she'll get there. I'll be so there. I, I was on the news all the time. Um, and I really love that. That gave me a different level of confidence, but then also being responsible for creating programming and mm -hmm. content mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, teachable moments. It was really great. And I had no idea I'd understand marketing, you know, the way I did. Mm -hmm. And so it instinctively. Yeah. And it really just flowed. So as, as I spent other time in my corporate career over time, the last positions that I held before starting this business is I was a VP of sales for two different hearing aid companies where I was responsible for about 500 people, um, each company and, uh, about a hundred million a year in revenue. Sheesh. And I learned that I could manage and lead people really at a, successfully at a big level on a, at yeah. a very big level. So I ran all of our U S stores. Wow. Um, and so yeah. I, then I, I also learned how to work on a global scale because our parent companies were in Denmark and we had partners all over the world. So I was partnering with people in, in so many different, I think 17 different com countries. Was um, that all in Spokane? Uh, no, I was by that time. Well, uh, by the time I was in those positions, I was living back. I was living in Philadelphia where I am now. Okay. But, um, but I did a lot of travel. In fact, uh, as of today or as of a couple of weeks ago, I've been to 49 of the 50 States. Wow. I don't know how many countries I've you been. You got me. I got 
39. Oh, all I have 40? left is Maine. Maine is my only state oh, left. That's great. I know. I can't Maine's wait to go. Maine's the best. I know. We just hit Rhode Island uh, go the beginning to Maine. of go to Maine. Go to Camden, Maine. Okay. It's the best place in the world. I'm Penobscot I, Bay. Yeah. Sail, I'd sailed on that. Uh, oh. With a dark and stormy in my hand. It was, that is a, Maine is amazing. So we I, I'll, very similar. I think the people are very similar to here. Yeah. I found that to be the case. Yeah. Just, you know, really cool and not pretentious well we just cut uh just got rhode island off the list for me so my husband has three states left to go and i now have wow one, so my brother just got all 50 yeah yeah but i feel very fortunate cool. because as as my career advanced <clears throat> um and i got these opportunities at higher and higher levels um i really learned different ways about how i could operate and how i had to learn about being a better leader and you know because because managing five people is different than 20 people, yeah. different than 50 yeah. people, different yeah. than 500 people. That's true. And you have to evolve. And if you try to be the same person that you were that was successful managing five people, you you will not ever make it higher than that. You have to learn how to adapt. Really? Mm -hmm. What's the biggest thing you learned? What's the biggest difference of one thing? Um, understanding how to let my team make their own mistakes and not try to solve it, fix it. Um, you know, give them the answers. Sounds like Be marriage advice. It, you know, it really is. And it's actually, it's a great <laughs> parenting advice. Yeah. You know, I mean, the first, the name of my first book is called Tell Me More. Mm -hmm. And then the subtitle is How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees. But it's really about stopping to say, instead of always, if you were the person that was always good at solving problems, you know, you were always the mm -hmm. one that could deliver, you know, uh, de you know, you could deliver results. Then when you start to lead, you have to operate differently. And when you up operate at different levels, those things that you are good at, you can't just keep relying on them because it'll only be about you. They'll actually undermine it. Yeah. Well, it absolutely right? will. If you have to fix it, you just do stuff mm -hmm. and you, you're more in action and less in asking yes. and listening. Yeah. Listening probably becomes way more important. I've, I think absolutely. the more I can ask my team what's going on rather yeah. than telling them what we're doing next yeah. is been... I don't think I'd be in business 20 years. There's no way. Well, and that's the thing. I, I finally <clears throat> learned. I still probably don't do it as well as I know I should. But. Well, and I think we all suffer from that. I mean, now I lead, uh, I have a team, My between my two companies, I have, I think, 17 people and they're all remote. All My whole teams are. That's a cool, I want to talk about that because that is, that is welcome to the new world, right? Yeah. And my whole team is in Kenya. <clears throat> so, I mean, Whoa. talk about, talk about real remote. They're really remote wow. working on different time zones. I mean, right now I'm 11 hours time difference. Was that a them. scary thing to you? Did you think, uh. I don't know if that's... I, I didn't intend to have 17 people in Kenya. <clears throat> you know, in the beginning when I had... found one good one and they led to more. Exactly. Wow. And then all of a sudden people said, well, how did how did you find, you know, this person? How, how did, did that happen? So this is really fun. So I had a client of mine um, who uh, was based in Singapore and he had offices. He had, you and I had worked on a little thing together. Yes. Uh, yes. In, and that's, in Singapore. I wanted to talk yes. about the overseas thing because you, you actually have a lot of that experience. Yeah, I did. And that's, that's actually with working with him, with his app. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't work with them any longer, but, um, I was a beta tester on one of the apps. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You were, it was cool. Yeah. And it's, it's a great thing, but they kind of didn't finish it all the way. It needed to be finished before the pandemic. Yeah, so now they're was, a little behind yeah, the eight ball. I bet, I bet. Yeah. But, um, he had teams in, uh, Thailand, uh, Kenya and Nepal. And I got really close with the gal who headed up the program in Kenya. So when I went to visit their offices in Singapore and Thailand in summer of 2019. I mean, you just had to. I had to. It was <laughs> awesome. I bet that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but the, the gal from Kenya <clears throat> flew over. She'd never been on an airplane. 
She'd never been out really of, of, uh, of her town in Nairobi wow. and except for, you know, to where other family is and kind of out. city. Yeah. And, um, she and I just became really good friends. I just love this woman. And so all of a sudden I thought, you know, I could, I could do this too. I could have somebody, I know the quality of these people. Most of them have, right. most of them have at least one master's degree, Wow! but unemployment is exceptionally <clears throat> high. And the workforce in Kenya is really interesting. They're uh, many businesses will require you to work. You know how we have like a 90 day probation period. Mm -hmm. Many companies don't pay you during that probation period. Oh, it's like an internship. Yeah. Whoa. And then at the end they just let you go and then they get somebody <sighs> else to do it. And so talk the, about stress and jobs are so hard to come by that people will like claw at each other to keep their job. Whoa. So it's really interesting. So, um, I thought, well, you know, I know, I know Esther, maybe she'll help me to introduce somebody. And she goes, I said, Esther, do you have somebody, you know, that maybe could help me with my marketing and um, some kind of a virtual assistant? She goes, hire me, hire me. And as I was still working with her employer. I said, I can't do that because that would be unethical for me to take you away from him. Um, and by the way, she works for me now. And uh, <laughs> so she introduced me to somebody else who also worked part-time for that person. And she's like, take me, take me. And I said, no. And she also works for me now. Um, <laughs> but they, they found people for me. And then in the beginning, I just, you know, kind of gave them like a referral fee. And by the time people started asking me, you know, how did you find all these people? I'd interviewed over a hundred people for the 10 positions that I'd had right then. And this was at the beginning of the pandemic. And I just decided to double down on everything I wanted to do with my business, all my marketing, all my PR, you know, the YouTube channel, all the things I'd wanted to do, but I was too busy to do because I was traveling. I just hired more people, doubled down on everything and built my business faster. Wow. And then and you as, stayed really one person. Yes. Which is smart. And then when people began to take notice and said, how can I do that? One day I had three people in one day say, how do you, how did you find Josie, you know, right. who managed my podcast then? And, and I said to my husband that night, I go, three people asked me today if I could introduce them to him. Mm -hmm. I think we need to start another company. Right. So now we help make placements and we help manage people. So we have virtual assistants working with clients uh, all over the world. Actually. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. I, I may have to talk to you about that. Yeah. For it's, this. Right? It's yeah, it's, and it's wonderful. So they, you know, I have teams that do all my editing and they do mm -hmm. social media marketing and posting. And yeah. I've got one guy who just works on my three, I guess four websites now. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. There's some ups and downs with it. There's positives and negatives, sure. but it's really not any different than any other positives and negatives. Right. They're just different. Right. Um, I mean, as I said, it wasn't any different. They're just different things but you still have some of the same headaches and you have other great opportunities. Right. So. And I'm just, I mean, people are like, Oh, a podcast, that'd be fun to do. Yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, it's a lot of work. Three cameras. We yeah. got lights there. I know. You know I'm very I, impressed with you. Yeah. So. We, this is what we do every day as a production company. So and it's I love like, the fact that you have, you know, whiskey, some really good whiskey for a your guests. Amador whiskey, mm -hmm. who will someday be mm -hmm. a sponsor of this podcast. I love it. But, but yeah, I mean, we've kind of got all that, you know, but I, I started counting out. I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's about eight people that have touched this podcast for mm -hmm. my team. Team and yep. my kids have been really cool. My daughter helps social media on this, and Nick produced this, and he does the theme music, and you know does the audio mixing of this. And Zach's from you know. You do amazing. need to so, have though a page on your website that says your podcast because yeah. I I went through and I scrolled through your whole website. I'm like, oh, oh on my corner booth podcast. Yeah. Oh uh -huh. yeah, you're yeah. right. That's a corner booth this. Piece. I know. Right. No, no, no. Thank you. But you tie everything See, you together, go. man. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly. See, I'm not just a pretty marketing See? face. <laughs> 
a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I know. We're, we're sort of past the testing stage. We had that in mind, but it's like, let's see if this thing works first. <laughs> but, but it has been. I mean, we're getting people to watch it. So well, don't you have one with like 10,000 views? Yeah, so that that's that's brilliant because that's my son's uh, Nick's idea. He is like the most natural marketer in the friggin' world. He's just a brilliant, I, I think, just a really savvy kind of um, social media marketer for mm-hmm. one. But he's an entertainer and a, mm-hmm. he's a producer um, and an artist and produces a lot of you know makes a lot of music around the world you know, for lots of clients around the world and stuff. But he's he's like you know what you really need to do are these silly promotions. Yes that sort of say who you are and then we'll boost those. And my daughter kind of did a great job putting, yeah. ma- making sure those got everywhere. But yeah, I got 10,000 views. I mean, that's just like, that's crazy. I know. So, that's fantastic. But it, you know, and that, and, and there's, we're working on, we were working on more of these things to come this week, which are pretty fun. And we'll be filming one with you. So, Ooh. which will be, I think one of the better ones we've that come up with, but we'll, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to blow it up too much, <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, it's really, I've learned a ton about this whole, side of the world yeah you know and honestly the power of sort of tiktok and mm-hmm. facebook story and all these other sort of you know instagram some of the some of the other tools that are available to promote stuff mm-hmm. were te- sort of a test drive here for our other clients so this mm-hmm. has been kind of a, you know a really great way to t- sort of see how that goes and what we've discovered is we have a lot of projects that we're doing for other clients where we're filming interviews let's say um about a particular topic with two or three cameras and um, for at least two clients right now, we're going to turn that entire interview that we've already filmed because mm-hmm. typically we'll, it, we'll film a whole half hour interview, let's say, or more longer. And we'll take the best moments of that f- to put a video together. Mm-hmm. Now we realize, wait a minute, the entire conversation is pretty good. Absolutely. And so what if we just cut that all together and that becomes its own podcast for that yes. brand? Yes. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Cause, cause people want to hear everything. Yes. And it's, you know. We have a particular project that we'll, I'll be talking about in future episodes, um, uh, a homeless and housing project that we're kind of analyzing that um, for a client, telling a really cool web series, story, uh, several stories on mm-hmm. what is the problem with homelessness? How do we solve it? Mm-hmm. We went to Houston, Texas um, a couple weeks ago and filmed there with the experts in 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 their homeless problem. And they've cut their homeless population by 65% in the last 10 wow. years. And they're by, I mean, in my opinion, by far from everybody that we could research, um, they have the lowest per capita homeless population of any major city in America. Wow. And so we met all the key players and that did that. And we did these extensive interviews with all of them to, to, to put it together in a probably two part series on, on that experience. <clears throat> it's like, wait a minute, that whole interview mm-hmm. is a, <laughs> is a podcast. Yes, and we researched, the you know that problem um and we realized that there really isn't a lot of other um there really aren't a lot of other material out there a lot of podcast material out there or any material out there about this issue right with leading people so we've kind of got this you know great bunch of content it's like this should be we want people to hear the entire conversation yes and what struck me about it was typically you have people that you would think would be on completely different sides of a topic. And and they are to some extent, <clears throat> but we had the chance to interview two people in particular here that, that would, you would think based on what I've seen in the news and other stuff would be completely on opposite sides of this issue. Right. And when you sit down and listen to them, mm-hmm. they agree with at least 60% or maybe 80% of the same uh-huh. stuff. Like, 
she thinks this and he thinks this, about 80% of it, 20% they would disagree on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if if I'm in media, yeah. television, news, we usually only show they the only show the 20%. Yeah. They don't, they never talk about the 80 that really matters. Right. And it sort of struck me, well, we're bypassing, we're bypassing that, the need to just tell the 20% that divides everybody. Yes, exactly. And let's everybody hear the whole thing. Yes. And mostly you're going to hear the 60, 80, 68% they agree with. Yeah. And that is a game changer in terms of how we communicate and how we get along and how we yes. like each other in this world Absolutely. And, and all that stuff. So this format, I just think is the more I kind of do these podcasts and get involved in it and watch you and, and stuff that goes on, the more you realize, wow, people, re- there is an audience for this Absolutely. and they really want to hear it because people want to hear more yeah. than, ju- you know, tell me more. Right. That's, right. So that was your exactly. first, tell me more was your first book mm-hmm. and your first podcast. Or your uh, only podcast. You know, my podcast is called Shock oh, Your that's Potential. That's right, Shock Your Potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my biz- My primary business name is Shock Your Potential. Tell me more was the first <clears throat> book you did. First book, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so the second one's called Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. And I think I got to like uh, be a beta on the covers. You had like yes. three covers to choose from. Yes. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a cool. It was really great. I actually have um, two more business books that um, I have not finished either one of them, but um, I... It's on the agenda, not for 2022, but for 2023. You know, it's okay if you yeah. don't get that done. Would you well, just then I also have my novel. So I know I have so many you things. You have a novel? What's the hell of a novel? Yeah. I, we oh, talked about right. Yeah, my a book well, that's based in, uh, Gro- in Greece. Um, oh, my God. Which and, is totally an excuse for you to go to Greece. But anyway. I know, exactly. But it's, um, you know, there's a lot of things. I love that's writing. Right. We did talk about that. And, cool. and writing to me is is really, uh, you know, an, an es- not an escape, but it's a different way for me to communicate. I love I love putting things into writing to make people stop and think of how you write. Um, I haven't done my blog for quite a while, but for a long time, uh, and it's what built me up to like 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, is I would write this blog called Thoughts from the Coffee Table. And I think when I first started, I was like, oh, thought of the day or whatever. But Thoughts from the Coffee Table, I would sit down every day and have my coffee and, you know, my feet up on the coffee table kind of thing and say, huh, what did I see? And I would, and I, I'm always taking pictures. So I see these weird pictures. And one, one that sticks out at me was I was in a parking lot somewhere and there was a candy corn that had been driven over. So it's completely <laughs> like, yeah, like it's been gone over with a steamroller. And so, you know, I'll, I'll come up with the picture and then I'll come up with something witty, you know, about it. And, uh, and then I'll write a story that has to do with leadership or sales and try and bring it all through. And what I loved about that medium on, on LinkedIn was you have to tell a story on a post in 1300 characters or less. Mm-hmm. So you max out at 1300 characters. So you have to use words so carefully. Mm-hmm. Economy. Yeah. And really think about what kind of impact those words are going to make and how you use punctuation and and so to me those things are just a great way for us to stop and slow down and communicate differently to your point i think podcasting does that because it it gives people a different way to hear stories that is not and i love them visually too because we do uh, we do everything in video also in audio but my biggest followers are not with what have pe- having people watch them on our YouTube channel, but when they actually download them, you know, from wherever they well, get. Well, I have a, it's an interesting. Um, I think that's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not surprisingly, most of the people who listen to this are over forty. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but those who are under, yes, like you know, my son is twenty-five, and Zach, and in their twenties, who produces this, they they are 
we had this conversation and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll do a podcast. It'd be great. I just yeah. you know, show up in my jammies, whatever. You know? <laughs> They're like, no, we're filming it. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. Why are you filming it? A podcast? I only listen to Apple Podcasts <laughs> or whatever, you know, Spotify or, or whatever, my mm-hmm. podcast app. Mm-hmm. You know, They're like, no, no, no. really? Like, yeah. no, podcasts are filmed. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're like, yes, they are. Like, what yes. are you talking about? They're like, well, we only have, I only watch podcasts on YouTube. They only watch mm-hmm. podcasts yes. on YouTube. Yep. And, and I only listen to podcasts not on YouTube. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Although know. we have an audience on YouTube, right? Yep. And that's really the place we want people to see it because it's cool. It's visual. Right. And I was just like, oh, there is a generation gap here. Yeah. Because they listen to podcasts while watching YouTube. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And we don't watch YouTube. We listen to podcasts <laughs> on a podcast app. So most of the people that are, although we have a pretty decent audience on YouTube, yeah. probably because we're shooting it cool. But, Absolutely. but most people who are listening to this right now are listening to it on an Apple podcast yeah. or a Spotify. So they can't see how awesome we look. Well, and that leads me to the most <laughs> obvious question of all. What's up with the hair? What, what about my hair? What? Is there something different about so, my hair? So just so people know, this is not a special occurrence. No. This is part of your deal. Absolutely. Your shtick. Part of my persona now. Your persona. Yeah. How long have you... So just to be clear, this is what I understand to be the case. Every time I see you, it's a different color. Absolutely. And or several colors. Yes. How often do you change it? Every and six to eight weeks. Every six to eight weeks, it's a new color. Yes. And how do you pick the color and how long have you been doing this? Okay. So um, how I pick the color, I'll answer that first, is, um, well, like my son's getting married in a few weeks. Congratulations. So, thank you. Wow. So the hair will have to, will not be this color, but I was, uh, so what right now. What will it be? So right. Or can, do we, is that a surprise? We no, to... not yet. Well, so I, I knew though that I had um, dresses. We, I we have... can wait until that wedding so we don't spoil it. <laughs> no. You want to give that's them... fine. <laughs> but I knew I had um, some dresses coming in a, in like a daffodil yellow. So I wanted to have green in my hair this time to see how the green looked with those dresses. Oh, sure. Okay. And it looks great. Um, but the dress that I think I'm going with is kind of a mauve. It's kind of a, like a nice soft pink or not really pink. It's a little more mauve. And so I think by, if that's the dress I go with, then we'll go back with some kind of purples and pinks in the oh, hair sure, that'll, too. That'll, that'll yeah. be lovely. Exactly. <laughs> well, last time I had it like a uh, hot pink. Well, so. the last time I saw you, it was, I think... Every color of the rainbow. Yes, I love that. I actually really love that because it matches my um, sort of, logo. Sort of a Pride Week thing. It was very cool. It does kind of it look does. like that. That's it totally true. Does. Yeah, well, that's cool. how my my logo though for Shock Your Potential has oh, that's right. all those colors. That's right. So that's right. I like to do that one, that's especially right. if I'm going to go do if I'm doing a really big speaking gig yeah. um, somewhere where I'm really trying to command a lot of attention. I'll a lot of times do that because then they're like, oh my God, this matches right. your business card or whatever. Because right. like, yes, we filmed you once. Yes. We, we, we helped do sort of the promotion kickoff video yes. of your, really your speaking, yeah. your speaking tape. Absolutely. Right? And that was cool. Yeah. Getting to hear, film your whole thing. It my wife, great. Johanna, still loves that. She was like, don't tell her hi. I remember <laughs> oh that. God. Oh yeah, that was cool. You know? It, yeah, and it, we still use those clips. Uh, I mean, those are part of, those are my really speaker cool. reels. Yeah. It turned out awesome. Yeah, I did. But, but, so when did this start happening and how did you get to that um i'm thinking that it's been eight years now i have i was trying to remember mm-hmm. how long Seems yeah and, and so what ha- what was happening then is i was in one of those really big roles where i was vp of sales and i was having some uh work situations that were just incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and i was feeling very out of control i was really not certain what was going to happen i was incredibly stressed out and I went to get my hair done and as I'm sitting in the chair and you know, my hair gal says, what color are we, 
what color are we doing today? And what that question meant at that point was, what color of blonde are we doing? You know, are we doing white blonde, red blonde? <laughs> right. You know, we're we doing a little... Because when yeah. you were in high school, hey. you were blonde. I was very blonde, yeah. yes. And then, then things changed. <laughs> Life changes, and it's not blonde anymore. But um, I remember, you know, I knew she was saying what color blonde, but she said, what color are we going to do? And I, I was so stressed, and I was so tense, and I said, let's just put navy blue right in the bangs. And she looked at me, she goes, are you serious? Because if you are, we can totally do that. And I had this moment where I looked at her and I almost, I was about to say, no, I'm not serious. And I went, let's do it. Fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're doing this. And so we did. We got a You're navy that, blue. that level of stress. I was that level of stress. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I walked yeah. out of that salon that day, I felt powerful like when you're doing the wonder woman pose or the superman pose oh, and do all those I know things that. yeah no but okay and well you know there's uh, amy cuddy you know has her di- big sure, ted, yeah, ted yeah, talk yeah, on yeah, you know yeah. how you have that yeah, pose and right. i okay. that hair gave me that pose all of a sudden i was taller you're a superhero yeah all of a sudden i was like you have permission i may not be able to control what's happening to me right now but i can control my hair did it become a persona yes Yes, absolutely. It became your superhero. It became something that I was like, this is power for you me. You don't screw with this chick. Yeah. And for me... It is powerful. It is. And for it's me, striking. It, it also... Um, it, I, I remember, it gives you a confidence, doesn't it? Yes. And people... I remember think, people saying, oh, I could never do that because my business is really professional. I'm like, I sell hearing aids. We sell, <laughs> we sell hearing aids. You know, how much more blah does that have to be, right? And I said... If, if I need people to understand that I can be, I can do a really serious job, but I can still be me. Right. And it changed. It does fit you. It is you. Thank you. It is and totally now I can't you. imagine, I cannot imagine. I did ask my soon to be daughter-in-law if she would prefer that I didn't have colorful oh, hair. That's cool. Because it's her I, wedding. It's her wedding. Exactly right. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, like why would I do you. that? What, she I goes, she I, probably doesn't know you without it. I know. She goes, oh, I can't wait to see what hair color you come right, in with. Right, and right. I, I was very thankful, but I wanted to be very respectful. No, it's cool. It's her day. She, she's got to have the, you know, the pictures are for her. So, sure. you know, and my son, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, no, no, they're for her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, you know, I think that for me then today, I have so much fun with it. And sometimes I'll just go, sometimes I'll say to my hairstylist, we'll be looking at things and she'll send me pictures or whatever. Sometimes I'll go, I don't know. What do you think? And, you know, we'll make it up as we go along. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't always as bold as I am now except for that blue because um, I think I kind of backed off of it a little bit for a, a while and then I've just like I'm all in I mean the bolder it is the cooler it is absolutely this is pretty tame and this is kind of tame actually it, it is for what usually you've got going on right mm-hmm. yeah so so what do you th- what, what advice do you give to people then what did you learn from that that we should all take home um, that you need to not worry about what everybody else thinks yeah. because every time you're worrying about whatever anybody else thinks mm-hmm. you and it, it can't mean that you just say to the world screw you know screw the rest of the world but if we're so concerned with what everybody else thinks is right or how we should act or how we should dress or how we should have ideas we lose the essential parts of us and what I found mm-hmm. is when I this this was like opening a door for me that said okay be creative be who you want to be and that in that heightened my success as well, right? Because then I didn't care anymore about anybody else except for what right. I was trying to achieve that was true to me. There's a great quote. Uh, I, I do not know who said it, but I use it a lot, mostly for my own self-talk. But it's uh, um, 
what other people think of me is none of my business. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, right? Yeah. 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 And when I stop being critical of me, I'll other uh, it won't it doesn't matter what other people think of me. Yeah. Because I think it's the self-critical thing. Yeah. You know, it's really uh, it doesn't matter if other people really what other people think of you as long as you're not being that way. Right? Well, and on the flip side, one other thing is that I, won't I do care what other people are think I won't care if other people are critical of me if I'm not. That's and I think that's really it. Yeah. And I, you know, on the flip side of it though, um, and like next week I'll be leading um, a, another training session with a group of emerging leaders within the chemical industry. And I've worked with this this group. This, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like they have a new class every year. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with them a couple different times. I love working with them because they're trying to f make their way in in a very tough industry. Um, and in a lot of cases in uh, family run businesses and a lot of things. And this is leadership work. This is leader yeah this is all leadership and work and in some of the cases these are are these actual chemists um not these people these are sort of some, marketing and professional yeah, yeah. some are executive um, teams right okay. so but they're in a variety of things folks yeah well they want to be in c-suites okay. these are these are the ones that want to and they're emerging in their in their companies oh, cool. and their okay. leaders and i always ask them no matter what whether it's them or i'm talking to c-suite people i always say what are the words that people use to describe you when you're not in the room Wow, that's a great question. And if you don't know the answer, then you are not managing the dialogue. You're not managing your brand. Right, exactly. And I said, I can tell you exactly what people know about me when I walk out of a room. And it's because I'm very purposeful in what I say and how I say it. Intentional about it. I'm very intentional. Um, but I'm not worried about it. I'm very, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. So I have them go through this exercise where I say, you know, what are the words you think that they describe you? What That's words a cool do you exercise. want? And now how do you think that the words that you want them to describe you at, what can you do? What can you do tomorrow that will help Build that. Uh, build that. Exactly. Wow. And as we build that, um, what was really fantastic was I had one gentleman who was in uh, one of the programs a couple years with me. And uh, he came to me. I worked with them like throughout the whole year. I went to four different meetings or so with them. And the last one, he said, you know, um, in that first meeting, um, I asked you some questions about how to negotiate a raise in the next position. And I I listened to what you said about what words I want you to describe me. And I knew that they didn't see me as potential for the role I wanted. Because he wasn't, he wasn't being that. He wasn't being that. And he said, I went back and I spent the next six months working on it. And then I took your other advice that I asked you last meeting and I negotiated the position and the raise I wanted. Wow. How'd that make you feel? I was like. That's why I do like, what I do. I was like, I'm so, it was like being a parent, you know, I was so proud. I wanted to hug him. I think I did. I think I did hug him. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. But he, you know, and he said, he goes, I really never thought about the fact that I wasn't getting the promotions I wanted because I wasn't, I wasn't creating my brand. I wasn't telling the story. He wasn't stepping I, into who he was. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't telling the story I knew that I was capable of. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I know. And he's holding himself back the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So you, you have traveled a lot. Yeah. And you said 49 of the 50 states. Yeah. How many countries do you have a guess? The last time I counted it was 17. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. I think, I think it's more than that, though. I know it's more than that. That's I have a, a little a thing. Lot. I have a little thing, yeah, you know, a map I've, on I've my got, iPad that I has it all. I've got but... 12, 10 to 15. Yeah. And so I have this theory. Do you, you're two years younger than me. Do you, this may be the cutoff. 
<laughs> but do you remember Expo 74? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember going to it? Yes, and I remember it for what a couple of years. do you remember? Um, well, I know that my... So, so people don't know, Expo 74 yeah. was the World's Fair mm-hmm. that came to Spokane. Spokane was the smallest city to ever host one. Mm-hmm. And it, back in the day when those mattered, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Seattle, to Chicago, yes. yeah. they'd been in these major... Major cities. Yeah. I mean, the Space Needle is in Seattle because of the World's Fair there, I think, in 62. Yes. And then, you know, Spokane ha- hosted that. Yep. And the entire world came here. They did. And we built a park yes, where the did. railroad tracks were. And and it is now a world-class park. It's yeah, phenomenal absolutely. today. It just, uh, and I love the fact that they If you've been through the, it now. I haven't been through it in a while. Oops, I keep hitting this. That's okay. Um, but uh, I love the fact the that... The pavilion. The pavilion with the lights on it. That's it looks beautiful. like your hair, actually. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> no wonder you like it. I saw it the other night. It, of course I like it. It's a phenomenal use of that. So it's just a, it's a really great place. So my brother and I grew up there. Mm-hmm. And we have both traveled a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You know, probably right in the game that you have. Mm-hmm. And I have this theory that it it a lot of that was because of the experience we had of expo and of the, of walking oh. around and going oh wow that's that's a different country and the rest of the world came to us we mm. we can go there like there oh. do you have you have you thought about that at all if there was any of that influence or, or i never thought of that yeah i i think it gave us permission wow in a way that other people who grew up in other towns wouldn't have otherwise had most people do not have the chance to walk you know literally yeah. 10 minutes away yeah drive and walk through this land yeah. of every, every country pav- yeah every in the pavilion world. every yeah, pavilion yeah the the uk you could walk into and, the russian pavilion yeah, exactly. you could walk into the it was it, it was, was really cool. it was surreal i remember cool. there was one where there was somebody in a like somebody in a bathtub I don't know what? what it was. And it wasn't like an actual person in the bathtub, but it was like part of their thing. Display I don't know what, yeah, or something. One of those things. You know, I've never thought of it that way. Um, I do know that I am the I've just old... not been afraid to travel the world. No, I haven't either. And my, But I I'm the only one of my family. Mm-hmm. No, I can't say that. My oldest brother has traveled uh, quite a bit, but he tends to go to the same places over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, but um, most of my family, they've all been out of the country somewhere, but not very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled far more than any of my siblings. Um, I'm the youngest of all six, but for me, it just, just, I always wanted to see the world. I yeah, wanted me, to, I know That's I, wanted what, me eat, too. I wanted to eat the food in right. different places. Me too. And I just wonder if part of that was that, or that's maybe a, that's just the makeup of who cool. we are, but I don't know. Uh, I like it. I mean, I know a lot of people that. Classmates of ours, you yeah. know, Alan Giebel. I remember Ann Giebel yeah, and yeah. Alan. Alan, I mean, he's like the head of, I think it was Microsoft in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or some some huge deal. I'm like, Al, next time you come here, I got to have you on this podcast. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, influential people that have really had an impact on the globe Absolutely. that are from here that I just think we're fearless about it. Well, I was listening. Sort of permission. I was listening to your episode with the um, women with the, uh, uh, where they they cook all the different foods oh, from yeah, the different countries. Yeah, Maisa. Yeah, Abadiah. Yeah, and Feast World Kitchens, amazing. So closer. number one, I was like, first of all, you got to go. I was going to say, I need to go. <laughs> yes, you I do. I was like, why did I listen to this when I have to leave in two days? <laughs> but the second thing is, I loved Phenomenal. it when she. What I loved is she said, "Well, I'd always heard of Spokane. I thought it was a great place to go." And I'm like, because when she was growing up in where? Oh God, where was she from? Uh, and I can't I've, think. Yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, oh. Well, I, uh, yeah. I'm anyway, I know this. I'm blanking too, and I just I just listened to I, it. I don't think it's Afghanistan. No, no it's but not. it's. Sir, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm but, sorry, my where, I'm forgetting. I know, but wherever she's from, and she said, I always knew about Syria. the American Is dream. Syria? I thought I it might have been somewhere in Syria. Syria, and she said, um, I always Jordan. Wanted, she's from Jordan. From Jordan, that's right. 
And she said, I always wanted to, you know, live the American dream. So I want to do it. But I'd all, but I'd heard about Spokane and I'm like, who hears about Spokane? Well, I think her sister lived here. I think her sister lived here. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, her sister told her. I was like, wow, we've made the map. Yeah. My my favorite part of that episode was her saying, um, we would watch American movies and, and it was mostly Die Hard. Bruce Willis. (laughs) And I'm like. That's what we sell to the world. Well, there you go. We let we do exactly. And it's like, oh, that's their perception of America. So yeah. Think about that for oh a boy. minute. I know. What are we? What are we pushing out there? <laughs> what do you have next? What projects are you working on? What are you excited about? Oh, so many fun things. So number one, we have launched. Uh, we launched this spring. We did a soft launch with what we call Shock Your Media Potential. So <laughs> we awesome. are connecting. I got to interview Joan London, by the way. No way. So, yes. You've got quite a connection to ABC News. I do. Good Morning America. What the hell is that? So all my about? buddy. Like well, every time I look on your social media page, you're like hanging out with Robin Roberts. And yeah. And you like show up on the show. And what, what I know. Is this? I can't wait till they let people back in again. That's a whole, I mean, we could do that's a whole episode. Podcast? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> suffice, suffice it to say that Robin Roberts and Michael, uh, um, uh, Michael Strahan. <laughs> Michael Strahan, yeah. <laughs> that whenever I go, they, uh, they'll come out and hug me. And even when it's, you know, pandemic time. Oh, that's cool. So, um, yeah, wonderful, incredible people. Um, but my, yeah, they are. but I also now have a really great buddy, Eddie Luisi, who's one of the stage managers. Oh, that is So, hard. um, he knew I was doing this shock your media potential. And what we're doing is we are connecting people like me who are experts in, you know, job hunting and those types of things, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your specialty is, mm-hmm. um, we are connecting them with people that are news producers, mm. anchors, reporters, mm. and we're, we're creating a platform where they can, people can be searched. Almost like an agent. Like an agent. So it's, this is something I'm really excited about. So we did. You're going to hook me up on the storytelling side? Heck yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, this is so much fun. And so as part of that, we did a virtual conference where I interviewed Tom Bergeron from Dancing oh, with yeah. Stars. Yeah, Tom Bergeron. Um, uh, Spencer Christian, who used to be a weather yeah, guy on Good yeah, Morning America long cool, ago. I love him. I got to have lunch with him too when I went to uh, San Francisco. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Joan London. I mean, just incredible. And we're going to do um, these quarterly just with like 10 to 15 people this time. So we've got Wolfgang Puck. Huck, who's wow. already on next one? We've got uh, we've got a couple other people. Carla Hall. We're hopeful that she's going to wow. say yes. So those are fun things. Um, but also another thing I'm really excited about is starting in June. Um, I'm starting my. This is the first time I've done this. I'm doing an online community for sales. And it's called Shock Your Sales Potential. And every Tuesday, I will lead an hour training virtually. And so the first 25 minutes is me actually talking about how, you know, how we're doing things like, you know, how do you really actually do lead generation so you don't come across as the jerk that, you know, uh, you know, tries to sell you the moment they connect with you on LinkedIn. Right. Um, how do you actually, right. how do you make decisions about who you want to do business with? And so we're starting mm. that in June. Um, so the first 25 minutes is me like leading a topic and a training. And the second is open mic basically for people to do Q and a, so they'll That's be cool. able to ask direct questions. I mean, cause this is what I do and I get paid a lot of money to go train companies how to do this. Right. And now I'm bringing it for a very, so like all of June is going to be free, but then we'll be a very, very small, like monthly fee for people to be a part of it. But then I can reach more people. So how do people find that? If they're interested? if they come to shockyourpotential.com or just email everything? me at michael at shockyourpotential.com, I'll send details. But we're going to start promoting it um, week after next. And uh, and it's just going to grow. That's I mean, we, so cool. we've already got several hundred people Do you have time there. for you? I do, actually. And that's... I know. You're kind of... Einstein time. We talked about that. It is. If you and create your own time, right? I am. If you're and doing I, what you love. 
And I think that that's where, you know, that kind of comes full circle to where we started is, you know, two years ago before the pandemic, my 2020 and 2021 was booked. Like I was on an mm-hmm. airplane yep. every other week, yeah. if not every week. Which you loved. Which I loved, but it was exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. And I didn't realize the toll that was taking to me until then all of a sudden my husband's working from home every day. And after I got used to him in the house, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we'd have lunch <laughs> He's together a cool every day. Dude, by oh, the way. thank you. He He's is. so awesome. Yeah, it was great to meet him. That was but cool. we, we just would have lunch every day. We, we did not schedule anything from 12 to 1. Wow. And so it gave me a different appreciation for the balance in my life and mm-hmm. what I want and what I want. So now to do, instead of. Do you still getting, do that? Yeah. Well, when he's home now, he's actually, um, they only work from home on Fridays, but now they've added Mondays. So you and Fridays, still get so. some time. Yeah. We still get some That's time, a good lesson. but we just really said, this is really important and we're going to prioritize this more. Yeah. And so now to do things like build the sales community, it also gives me greater reach for people in a little bit more intimate setting to be able to say, here's how we can really evolve from a sales. And so a lot of people that are going to be participating are people who, you know, are trying to close new deals or, you know, what if I want to, you know, change my career or what if I am in sales or what if I want to become an entrepreneur? It's all sales and it doesn't have to be a bad story. I think exactly. So how do you find the right way to tell your story Mm -hmm. in a way that feels true to you, to the right people, to the right people in the right way. And that's, that's to me, it's going to be, that's going to be something that's, that's a game changer for me. Um, because that's going to, that's going to build a completely different format for what I do. Um, what the other question I wanted to ask before we wrap up is, um, what has it been like to be a she, her, (laughs) <laughs> with the name Michael how oh. there have probably been some especially when it comes to business and work mm-hmm. how many times have you been mistaken for a dude oh, I and, can't it, even and it either pissed you off or was like hey I'll take advantage of that um, how many times <laughs> if I had a nickel and there's are a great are you glad time. your parents named you that or not yes I am now okay why um, by the way there's also a song that says my name is Michael I have a nickel shiny and you I knew she'd sing um, I knew yeah. she'd sing <laughs> Where that's from? Broadway um, yeah that's right um, when I was young I don't know that I appreciated it so much and so I was embarrassed did it bug you were you yes. embarrassed by it yes I was and <laughs> so my middle name is Anne Marie I thought it was super cool well thank you I, I like, Michael whoa that's cool by the time totally I, memorable by the time I was in 6th grade I was very comfortable with it, but by that time I had taught people to call me Michael Ann. So my middle name's oh, Ann Marie. That's right. You were kind of Michael Ann, yeah. So a lot of people still call me that. That's then right. there was a time where I was like, "Don't call me Michael Ann," and I'm like, "Whatever." Why did they name you that? So I was adopted, and my given name at birth was very unique, and I was born in Spokane. Huh. And so my parents, when they got me, this is a uh, this is a, an adoption that should have never happened because today you can't. It wouldn't just, happen today. It wouldn't happen today. Yeah, I'm so mm. thankful it happened because my parents found out about it from a friend of a friend that mm-hmm. there was somebody who had a baby and they didn't know what the you know didn't know what to do with this baby and the you know well, all kinds of chaos. And my parents said, "We'll take care of her," and they hoped they would be able to adopt. That me. happened a lot. I was eight weeks old. They didn't find out until I was a year and a half that they could actually adopt me. And as the story goes, my dad always had they like... They cared for you before they could actually, before you were adopted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From the time I was sure. eight weeks. And as the story goes, my dad was always ready to drive to Canada if they said, you know, you can't keep this baby. <laughs> I'm um, not losing this girl. But they, so when they first got me, they first called me, so my given middle name at birth was Marie. So they called me Marie for a while. Then they started calling me Anne Marie. And we had a friend of the family who was a Jesuit priest. His name was Father Mike. And 
he always wanted one of the Sherlock kids to be named after him. No and way. None of them That's are. That's hilarious. And they said, well, this is the last one we're going to have. So we're, if we get a keeper, we'll name her Michael. And That's cool. Then, so then they decided. Well, who was the priest? You know? Yeah, Father Mike Toulouse. Huh. Very cool. And um, so he, uh, and he, so it was a joke at first. So yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's a joke. But then when they were able to adopt me, they said, you know, we really actually like this. It's a really cool name. Thank you. It was, I mean, back then. Yeah. Very. Di- yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything. Michael's. Yeah. Name. Michael Learned was the only other Michael woman. Learned. Yeah. Correct. Um, and I, you know, to answer your question, has there been times when it's been frustrating? Yeah, but not that many. Um, have I enjoyed it and made the most out of it? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Absolutely. And are there times, there's times that I forget and I'll get on a call with somebody and they're like, uh, is Michael joining us? And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I am Michael. Like with my podcast, like I'm like, how come you have not researched me? I've right. researched you before. <laughs> so if you weren't sure I was a woman, well, so it's wow. it's been interesting. But I'll tell you, at this stage of my life, I love my name so much. Uh, I have so much fun with it. Very cool. And whether people call me Michael, Michael Ann, very few people call me Mike. Uh, Paige Riley, my I think Mike. I used to call him Mike. Actually. Yeah, and some people did. Um, Paige Riley, who you know was in choir with us mm-hmm. uh, at prep, and then she was my roommate in college. She has always called me Mikey. Um, I, there's only <laughs> one other person I've ever allowed to call me Mikey. But I mean, it's just it's fun and it's it is different. And I think with me, it was the exact right name that I needed. It, you could, you wore, you grew into that. You know, <laughs> I certainly did. Few people could probably pull it off the way you have. <laughs> I would I would guess that's the case. Um, I, I ask this occasionally. I haven't asked it enough on this podcast, but most interesting person that you've ever met that that we wouldn't know who it is, you know. Hmm. Oh, you didn't give me a heads up about that. <clears throat> no, I did not. Oh man! And the clock is ticking. Oh geez, Louise, the most interesting person that I've met that not anybody. Yeah, most interesting person you've ever met. Oh God. Um, we're going to have to edit a whole bunch of this stuff out. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, that's too much dead air, Michael. It's too much dead air. It's not okay. live. It's actually, a podcast. Actually, you know what? Uh, let me just go back to what I know right now. Um, Eddie Luisi, the stage manager at, at Good Morning America. Yeah. He is the most beautiful soul. And when I first met him, um, he handed me his business card. You know, he knew that I had known Robin or, you know, that Robin had invited me to, to the Good Morning America, Robin Roberts throwing around names like I'm so, yeah, fancy. so fancy. She had invited me to come to the studio and it was really <laughs> great. And and I just loved him. And he has this, then he invited me, he knew what I did then. And he invited me to, to join a group that he has called Friends in the Spirit 111. And he does a lot of ministry stuff. Mm. Um, and he's got all these people that are like in the media, but that are also, um, I'm not overly religious anymore, but I love his religion i love that i love the faith that he brings to me and so he's means a lot to him and he is such a connector like Mm -hmm. he he didn't know i was going to ask him to uh co-host with me for all these interviews with joan london and stuff but he brought a lot of those people to me just because he's like well they're friends of mine i asked joan london what do you think i'm like yeah i think so that'd be awesome um he's such a giver but what I love about him is that his goal in life is just to bring joy, you know, just to make connections, just to have people care for each other. And the, 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 the element of him resonates with everybody, um, with every uh, famous person that comes on that set, with every non-famous person. person right? Yes. And the, 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 I really knew, I knew he was special, but when I took my husband and his daughter and her boyfriend to the set of Good Morning America several years ago, 
They loved meeting Robin Roberts. They loved Michael Strahan. You know, they got hugs and pictures with them. We have a picture of us behind the Good Morning America desk. But a great time. When we left the studio, he's no one could stop. Remembered. Everyone was like, that Eddie, he's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. He gave us the greatest, greatest hug. Yeah, and, I, I, and that's one of the reasons that I did this podcast, honestly, mm-hmm. and the why, why I thought it was so cool is because I get the chance to meet people you nobody ever gets to meet yeah that are doing amazing things yes. you know like the former <laughs> principal of Rogers High School today mm-hmm. interviewed her for a project and she is just unbelievable uh, you know and just unbelievable and she wouldn't you know i think i think she's way more interesting than someone who's famous mm-hmm. at least as an interviewer because if you're famous, you're not going to give me everything. Right. You're not going to tell me the real stuff. You're not going right. to be as open as you're being. Yeah. You're not going to share because it's something you do all the time. Yeah. And you're guarded about it and you're careful and you've got your angle or whatever it is, yeah. you know. They're just not as interesting. Yeah. And we don't really ever get to meet them because yeah. I wouldn't if yeah, I was exactly. them. But, but, you know, everybody else that I get to meet, they have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And they're telling you really what it is. And I, fi- I find them way more interesting. Yeah. So that's been the reason and sort of the purpose behind this whole thing is because that's, you know, and I have had a couple people that are kind of, everybody does know. And so I don't know how to <laughs> angle that. But I, when I tell them, it's sort of like, what? You, people know who I am. You know, I mean, Julia Sweeney's on this. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people know Julia Sweeney. Oh, did Sweeney. you have her? Yeah, oh, it's be, that's it's a phenomenal uh, episode. And, and she's, you know, I mean, dude, Saturday Night Live, she's oh, huge. No. Like everybody, a lot of people know her, but I'm yeah. like, you know what? There's probably two billion people in China have no idea who you are. So, right. so you know, not yeah. everybody knows. But she's <laughs> also because of your history with her and her connection to this to my town family and, and yeah, to the world. To my sister, I mean, yeah. to this Spokane world, she, I bet, gave you a lot more. Oh my god, she was yeah. phenomenal. And she, my sister, yeah. were pals in high school. Oh you gosh, know? yes, I and know. And of course, in the podcast, I forgot to mention my sister. Oh no. <laughs> She's going to be so pissed when she watches that. You didn't mention me. Uh, she probably won't. But but I, I told Julie that after. I'm like, oh my God, I never mentioned Georgia. She's like, what? We never talked about Georgia. That's why I know you. That's so, so funny. So, you know, it's anyway. Um, I, I, I always think of something later I should have asked. Yeah, but, I know. But, okay, so how do people find the podcast? Your podcast. Yes. Five, how many episodes? We are about ready to release 500. Oh. I know. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, what do you? What's okay? Give me some tips. Um, well, a couple things. How's and by, this going? And by the way, if you want to find it, shockyourpotential.com. That's what you I can mean. find everything That's right. there. Just That's right. everything. That's right. Um, I mean, lots of tips. Uh, I don't know that I have anything to, you know to offer you more than what you know and your experience in the industry that you're in. Is I mean, I'm only in you know 13 now. You got 500. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I have found is is what we've what we've done is we've evaluated. We've evaluated the data. We know how long people listen and mm-hmm. how when they cut off and yeah. what. Uh-huh. So we know we found with our podcast that And I don't really give a damn. But okay. okay. Exactly. Well, and I'll tell and I'm going to tell you something else, but we do know that with our listeners uh, to have them follow to the whole thing, if we go over 35 minutes, I tend to lose them. But that's that's because of our subject matter because we're talking to entrepreneurs. Right. right. So we're talking to people that uh, can't sit still anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I keep people really succinct. But I'll tell you something. I'll tell you just some magic here. Oh, this is good. I know. This is going to blow your oh mind. This also wraps back to... I may cut to, this out. This is going to wrap so back good. to sales. Oh, God. So when you just said, I don't care, you know, what it doesn't matter to me <laughs> what they, when they listen. I don't care either. Because what I have found is that we do have people that follow us. I have people that listen to every single episode. That's crazy. And I'm thankful for that. I'm yeah, so grateful really, for that. That's very cool. 
But what I get is 20 to 25 one-on-one meetings with people who might be potential customers, That's who clients of mine, right. or they might be collaborators. That's right. We might have a, an affiliate relationship. Yep. Same thing's happening to me. And, for and sure. if you, if you want to build your business and you figure out how to use a podcast the right way, it will develop relationships that you would have never ever had before so that's the pitch for other people because i've had so, already every guest has been like you should do a podcast mm-hmm. they because they should yes right and there's a lot of advantages to it and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that's there and we're talking about actually having a podcast studio here just mm-hmm. for people to rent yes. and do that i think it'd be very cool yeah because you know i mean it, it is it, it's a it's a really unique platform yes wow that's a- cool absolutely and that's and so i actually now have a new presentation that i do that's called um how to podcast your way to hot new leads and so i do it at a lot of small business expos and different programs like cool. that because i talk about what i do and what i learned and whether or not you are and you don't have to run your own podcast you can be guests on other people's podcasts exactly. we actually do that too we match people with other podcasts we mm-hmm. get other guests for people's podcasts so because of the list that we've built with these 500 guests that we've had and 60 percent of them have their own podcast we now have this huge network of really amazing people that we've already vetted, you know, so I already right. know they're great guests or right. I know specific they're specific to the topic hosts. you're talking about, exactly. which is really sales. And mine's like uh, purposely uh, un, like mm-hmm. unlimited by who's, mm-hmm. who's on it. And you know, that was one of the first questions. It was like, oh, are we going to have in your pocket? So I'm like, I already have a list. It's like 110 yeah. people. I'm just like, I'm never going to get to everybody. And there'll always be somebody new and you're going to suggest somebody that should be yeah. on and all that stuff. And we haven't done any remote ones yet, but I know I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And you probably do a lot of those. Yeah. I would imagine if you're doing that many, you got to, they have to be zoomy. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, we do all ours by Zoom now. Now, before the pandemic, we had started. I had started taping them live. So, like when I did Eddie Luisi's, we did it not in the Good Morning America studio, but we did it in there. one of the sound booths in right. Good Morning America, right. and it was awesome. I mean, right. it was. I mean, I did one with the uh, gals and uh, one of the people at the Girl Scouts. You know, and there, I did Global Traveler magazine right. in their in right. their location, and and those are very beneficial. So it doesn't have to be sales to get a benefit from this. It's about who are you trying to meet? Why do you want to meet them? Huh. And figure out what kind of questions That's don't cool. try and use it to sell them no use it to get to know them exactly. and ask yourself do i like this person that's, that's very cool do i like idea. their business and right. if i do is there synergy and i'll tell you 95 percent of the time i get off that you know we hit end of the taping and either i or that person will say how can we work together right and and the other part of that is i, th- I think it's a lesson from what i've learned from this and sort of jumping out and doing this is that if you think that you could, you should. Yes. Because you're probably no more, and and there are a lot of people that want to know what you're thinking of. And this is a global enterprise. Absolutely. You know, we've got listeners in, you know, like eight countries now, yep. kind of all over the world, which is weird. And you must have oh yeah all over the place. So, I, <laughs> I mean, do. that's the other cool part of it is you can't just think of your own little world. Even yeah. though this is very Spokane-centric, kind of. Yeah. I mean, most of the people here, you know, are people that I know that are from here, but it never feels like that to yeah. me. I'm, I don't want it to be that. I yeah. don't want it to be, because there are people that have come and gone and, you know, that are here sometimes, but, and there's a lot of interesting people that collect in this little pocket of the world. Like Amen. you. Amen. Thank you. You're always Thank you welcome. You're always welcome back. Yay. All right. Uh, we'll see you again. Oh, cheers. Wait a minute. Oh, oh we, we probably should get more. Eh, we'll do that afterward. <laughs>